Hi guys, welcome to Snipbit, the podcast that helps you see how you can be successful in your chosen field, whatever your start or background in life. And today I'm absolutely honoured to introduce to you guys Neville Wright. And this is the man who's turned 37p into 100 million, despite the fact that he's had dyslexia and ADHD. Neville, welcome to Snipbit. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for inviting me onto this. So, Neville, do you think your background and upbringing were a factor in what you've achieved? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think it is everybody's backgrounds make them who they are. Uh, I know you can change, uh, and we all change every day. And um, uh, and uh, one of the things was my father was a great influence on me um, in in lots and lots of ways. Um, maybe good, maybe bad, but uh, whatever it was, he, he he taught me. And one of the things he was very proud of was uh, he was the first person in the family. Or the, uh, and the wider circle of family to actually own his own house where in those days I'm talking about in the 40s 30s and 40s um, 90 years ago and um, most people rented their house or rooms and uh, he he rented rooms for a start when they got married and then um, he managed to buy his own house with a mortgage 25 year mortgage and he's very proud of it so that set the scene when I was three four five growing up I could hear I heard this saying um, how proud how proud he was to uh, uh, own his own house and um, so that really set the scene I think for me in property so um, that's um, that was my upbringing. Uh, that's a good part of it. The bad part was um, there was no understanding in the 50s uh, about people. I, I was, uh, as my mother would say, I was a little sod um, <laughs> because she had no understanding of me. I'd got two older, uh, a brother and a sister that I used to aggravate no end. And... Um, I didn't realise it was ADHD, and uh, it's a wonder I've been sitting there so long, actually. <laughs> yeah, so I've, uh, if you look in my office, just uh, just uh, over at the side there, um, I've got three computers and uh, my phone. And yesterday, I realised that I'd started on one uh, thing that I was reading, and it came to a bit that I wanted to research on another computer but then an advert come up or something come up uh, an email come up that was it and I went on to the email it was about a property and um, and then I wanted to know something about that and I went on my phone to find it so I got all four open and um, and people say it's multitasking but it's not it's not more you can only do one thing at a time but it was just I, it, I get sidetracked and then, and um, I think I'm doing four things at once, but I'm not. I'm just I'm going. I like a bloodhound, I suppose, going around following <laughs> my nose. Yeah. So uh, um, it was painful growing up. Mm. Painful because uh, I got hit at home um, for for doing wrong. 
for being frustrated and doing wrong. Um, and I got hit at school for not paying attention. Well, I did pay attention, but they didn't realise I was paying attention. They thought I wasn't. So I, I was... Um, I was beaten every day. <laughs> yeah. So if I didn't laugh, I'd cry. Mm, yeah. And mm. so if we go any further into that kind of thing, then then I will start to be, uh, because even 60, 65 years later, that that pain is still there, still under the surface uh, of um, of what happened. So we won't go there too much because we no, want to no, keep this light-hearted. And <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but. You turn this around though, Neville. This is the exciting thing about it. And this biggest challenge, you were able to overcome it. So how did you do that? Um, I don't know whether, whether you ever, uh, you don't fully overcome these things. Um, but my biggest problem was I couldn't see. And when I say I couldn't see, I wasn't blind. I was, I suppose I was word blind yeah. because the letters, just jumbled up every time I uh, blinked my eyes uh, word letters of words um, they just changed places and um, and when I saw the teacher when I was about five or six I saw the teacher put in uh, writing on the blackboard and she put an E on the end well I, I thought well, that was a peculiar place to put an E you know I was just learning these things and I thought oh she's I looked up to her because she spoke nicely and I thought she was posh. So I naturally assumed, well, I don't know if it's natural, but I assumed that posh people would put an E on the end of a word. And I really truly believed that. And so I started putting E. When I saw an E and it was dancing about, I would always put it at the end. Sometimes I put two E's at the end to prove that I was extra <laughs> Because I'd seen two E's floating about. I thought, yeah, put them at the end because then people will think I'm brainy. <laughs> yeah, so that was really, really sad. That was, um, and, and uh, so I don't think you really overcome all of it. You just have to um, adapt uh, yourself and, and everything around you. So you, you have to think about where, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And how am I going to get there? Well, I'm certainly not going to get there. Um, if, you, if you say, do you want to be successful in um, uh, reading uh, something, like uh, the news person, they read off a teleprompter, yeah. don't they? And um, so I couldn't do that. So I didn't want to do it. Yeah. So I realised very early on that if you can't do something, what is the point of worrying about it? Do what you can do. Yeah. And realise that you could do everything, anything in life that you wanted to do, but you prefer not to do those things. You prefer to do things that you're good at. So you pick strategies to kind of be successful in the things that you were good at to mask the things that you maybe weren't as good at. Well, the curriculum, I don't know whether it's the same now or, or um, it certainly was then. If you... The curriculum wasn't for me, and it wasn't for most children, I would imagine, and I, I, and I honestly believe that still can, is, is very true. Um, so whatever I couldn't do, they give me more. You know, you must try harder. Yeah. Neville must try harder. Neville can't try any harder than he's trying. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's useless at that particular thing. Why not forget it? 
and go on to something you're not useless at mm-hmm. and improve that because your self-esteem when you're useless at something your self-esteem goes down because they're always telling you try harder try harder you know you're not paying attention you can do it if you if you put your mind to it well you know when you've got when you've got a situation where your mind doesn't understand what it's seeing or what it's hearing or you know whatever then it will never change go on to something that you can do and be praised for something you can do and you'll get better and better then mm-hmm. if you need something that you can't do you either get somebody to help you like I did and in the end we had 125 people helping me do what I wanted to do and um, and so that works or you as you grow older and you and you can adapt to things you learn yourself without any pressure and you don't you if you've got pressure and somebody's over you saying you, you know you do it do it you're lazy whatever then you can't do it mm. but if you come away from it and you need a certain thing in your life then you'll learn how to do it somewhere or other without that pressure mm. so now having uh, read the book what the question was that's okay you <laughs> answered it beautifully is that <coughs> What impressed me in here was the hard work that you and Marilyn put in, particularly in those early days when you seemed to be working virtually 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, you know, that was so hugely impressive to see what you achieved over that time. But was there a point in in all this work that you were doing that you thought, yeah, I know we're going to be successful? Well, it's very early on because I knew I was different. Uh, I knew I was always getting into trouble um, for, uh, but I didn't believe that I was bad. Mm. I didn't know why I was getting into trouble, and and I believed around the age of six that there was something different with me compared to my brother and sister and 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 uh, the kids in their class, and. Um, uh, so I, I I knew I'd got to uh, in a way be different I'd got to look after myself I didn't consciously think at six years old I know what I'll do I'll be self-employed mm. I knew at six years old there was something that I'd got to do to get myself um, on the path what I wanted mm, mm. Um, not keep tripping up not being beaten every day not being humiliated every day not being called stupid every day mm-hmm. um, so I knew there was something there that mm. but it took a long time it took until 24 um, you know uh, to to actually realize it did so um, does that answer that question? It does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I may d- have missed something out. No, no, that, no that's <laughs> Maybe correct. we'll go back onto it. Well, always, yeah. I, I'd like to know what you'd like to tell your teachers now, after all the success that you've had. Um, thank you very much for hitting me. Thank you very much for calling me stupid for 15 years. Thank you very much for putting me down. And um, I didn't like it at the time, uh, but it gave me so much more understanding when employing people because um, I employ people who can't read now you know I, I 
I've employed somebody for well, 20 odd years that you know and, and lots of people can't um, can't read because of the same problem yeah um, but they're very good at other things you know uh, I think I got on the, I don't know whether it's in that book um, if you judge um, if you, if you judge a person's ability uh, as a as a fish climbing a tree then they'll think they're stupid for the rest of their life something yeah. like that yeah. so therefore people judge people uh, when actually they've got no understanding of, of that person at all yeah so um, yeah so it put me in a much better position and I'd say thank you very much uh, and and I did I when I left school the I, I thank them in a way um, but I wish them diarrhea for the rest of their lives <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant I love that that is so good so obviously y you must have a growth mindset to have achieved everything that you have done and has that been um, important to you do you think I don't I, I agree with you mm -hmm. about a growth mindset but I, I, I think it's a bit different to that okay. I, it wasn't I didn't I don't think it's a growth mindset uh, at all. I think it becomes automatic. My father wanted to buy his house. He was proud that he could achieve that, even if it was 25 years. So it, that kind of gave me the idea of my goals were not short term. I mean, I had short term goals, but my goals were in the long run. Yeah. You know, 50 year goals, 25 year goals. If he could wait 25 years to pay his mortgage off and be proud of it, mm. then, um, you know, I could. What was the question? The question <laughs> was, was about your mindset, your growth oh, yeah. mindset, and it yeah. being important. Yeah. Well, my, mind, my mindset was um, I just wanted to be proud of what I was doing, yeah. I wanted to be the, the best I could be. I had listened uh, to Muhammad Ali, and you see on my website, yeah. he was a mentor of mine. You know, and uh, he he said in an interview, uh, if he somebody said, if you wasn't a champion boxer, what would you what would you be? He said, I could be anything. If I was a garbage collector, I'd be the champion garbage collector. I'd collect more cans, more garbage than anybody, any of my competitors, and I'd do it before they got a. Brilliant. You know, it's like, wow, if if the champion of the world can say that, can come down to my level, mm. then it's saying to me, you can do you can do anything you want. Yeah. So um yeah, so I believe that you you want to um you want to be proud of what you do. Yeah. And if you're not, then don't do it. Yeah. So that spurs you on if you if you're talking about does that make you grow um, and and, um, and the customer uh, spurred us on so they give us the growth mindset it wasn't it was satisfying the customer so the customer would come in and say do you do silver cross prams and and for the first five years we didn't mm. we did write to Silver Cross every year 
asking if we could sell their prams and every year they would write back to us and say no we've got three uh, people in Peterborough that sells those and beside mm-hmm. them much better than you you know <laughs> they didn't say Charming. that they didn't say they didn't say that but it intimated yeah. that we was in a terrace house two up two down selling second hand prams and then new prams and these people were in the center of Peterborough in department stores mm-hmm. and and they were you know very very nice department stores mm-hmm. and so therefore we didn't get a chance but then on the fifth year um, they wrote back to us and said well yeah one of them's closed down and the other one is not doing so much so yes we will and by then we had moved into a, a shop five times as big and it was a proper shop it wasn't a terrace house it's a proper shop in mm-hmm. a shopping center so we had upgraded mm-hmm. and those people had come down so it, it was like we was on par so five yes. years so getting back to what I was saying um, so customers come in and they'd say have you got this have you got that and we say no but we'll try and get it for you yeah. and that spurred us on that made the mindset if you want to call it the mindset of growing mm. so um, it wasn't we didn't start off with that mindset we only started off with the mindset of we want to look after ourselves what do we want we want to be able to eat mm-hmm. we want to be able to have a, a roof over our head um, mm. and and enough tools to do the job and then more tools to do a better job mm, and a bigger mm. job and whatever so one of the stories in your book that really really moved me was your experience at the dole office <laughs> do you want to elaborate on that for us the um queuing up yeah at the uh, at the dole office uh, my my stomach would be churning it would be awful I did. I, I said um, I'd had seventeen jobs, and there was a and I, and I got fired um, from the from the last one. I got fired from most of them, but no. <laughs> or, <laughs> let's just go on the last one. I was I was working for the Ministry of Defence at the time, uh, waiting for war, which was the most boring, boring job uh, that you could ever have, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't for a person like me and um, I, I used to I used to have my day mapped out because we was there ready for war and and and, and some of the people have been there from the last war <gasps> sitting there mm-hmm. and they've gone crazy so I used to run around the camp I, uh, I, I we had this camp that we couldn't get out of because you know it was secure it was and um, I used to have this thing I used to run around the camp first thing in the morning um, and do a few miles and then I used to go into the locker room and uh, do yoga mm-hmm. I used to stand on my head two, ho- two hours a day uh, and, and do all types of yoga and that's how my day was and uh, it was dreadful it was so um, Oh, stand it! All right, the 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 doll queue. All right. So I said to uh, this person, I went for an interview, and she said, "Well, um, took all the details. You'll have to go now to the doll office." And I said, "I'm not going there, because they're nothing but a load of scroungers and layabouts." She said, "No, they're hardworking people, and you are the same. So don't." don't say that about people oh she got really mad with me and put me 
right in my place, mm-hmm. and um, which was good. Uh, and and I thought, well, I'm not going in there with people. So I I, I sat on my bike outside, just around the corner from yeah. the dole office, and I I counted twenty people in. <laughs> and I counted 20 people out and I thought there's nobody in there and I got off my bike I rushed through the, the first lot of doors I rushed through the opening the, the swing doors and I was faced with two rows of people like I don't know how long but it was like so long the queues were I'd forgot when you count 20 people in and count 20 people out you should realise what they're wearing <laughs> they were different people <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, and then I realised that um, the counter, when you got up to, because you had your head down because you didn't want anybody to recognise you and to see you, and you 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 just like queuing up. And when you got to the counter, the counter was high and it was wide, and I never knew why. <laughs> and uh, but then, then after you know, I was three months on the on on the assistance, and. Um, then I knew why, because they used to wind you up. Have you done any work? Do you think I'd be in this fucking place if I'd worked, <laughs> if I'd got a job? Honestly, do you think so? So you know, you're saying you stop like, them punching? And it was like, you, you would like to punch their lights out. But of course, the, the counter was too too far, and it was too, and it was too high. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway you know that was um i used to pray to my god walking along in that line that he'd give me another job and i would be the best employee out i, I would and um i would really stick at the job and i'd be the best employee well i would be impossible but you know my my god obviously said we're not doing any more neville you look after yourself boy <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, so I signed myself off and um, in a fit of rage, you know, mm-hmm. by this altercation, and, and then and then I got on my bike, and I realised I hadn't got any money for that week uh, because I'd signed myself off, and um, uh, and I and I cried on the way oh. home, thinking I let Marilyn down, but um, there we are, you know, I I, I, I that was the day. I burned my bridges and said, it's time to stand on your own two feet and look after yourself. And um, and that was the best day of my life, really. Yeah. And the worst day as well. <laughs> yeah, so that was um, interesting. Um, I mean, it's, it's really clear that your dad's been a big inspiration. And from reading the book, it's clear that Marilyn has been as well. Is there is there anyone else that you'd consider that's inspired you to be as successful as you have been? Um, my children, uh, and Joe and and Elaine, and um, they've worked with us uh, for yeah since since I was children. Mm. Um, we we never let having children um, alter the way that we was um, in business. So everywhere we went, they came with us. We would, as you said, we worked day and night. So we would be working at night and they would be with us. And uh, they, they just grew up with the business and came into it. And, um, and I've got businesses of their own now. And uh, so they, they've inspired me for lots and lots of reasons. Uh, my uh, youngest daughter she's just having her fourth child 
Um, she's got one of two, one of six, one of ten, and then this one is next month. Uh, she works full time. She's an iron man as well. So she, mm -hmm. she, in between having children, <laughs> she um, she goes all over the world and uh, and does the iron man challenges, oh. which is uh, uh, very uh, uh, grueling. And yeah. um, so was in Canada. Was it last year? I don't know whether it was last year or the year before. Um, and uh, she came off her bike twice and um, uh, on the on the road and uh, for or oh, ran into ran into a, a bollard. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know they, they ins both of them inspire me for what they do and uh, to do things that we probably uh, would never have done. Yeah, because we had our other circumstances. We, we was focused on the business, uh, but they've been able to do other things as well, and they've inspired me. So, and Ma Marilyn, you know, when you when you've got um, responsibility for a hundred and twenty odd uh, families, and you're in the worst recession that you could possibly be, and you're trying to um, uh, save those jobs and save your business and um, uh, and when you see somebody uh, at her desk uh, in um, floods of tears because she doesn't know what to do which way to turn mm. you know it's like um, but but not to back away from the dreadful situations that um, you know that, that life can get you into um, through no fault of your own because mm -hmm. you know this is the way of the world then you know she inspires me for for just the challenges she's been through you know and she's had her problems the same as I have so mm. we've been there to help each other mm. so uh, it's it's and you find when one person can't cope and this goes for the whole family as well for the children as well mm. when when you get up to a certain stage and a lot of people are on a knife edge you mm. could go one way or the other with stresses and strains um, there's always one person there to 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 become I'll, I'll sort that out you know yeah not necessarily me I'm so but all of us um, when when you see pressure on somebody you take over mm. and mm. you sort that out mm. uh, and so that's that, that that's what inspires me that's why I think um, uh, and you know there's a lot of other people as well but they're the three mm. main um, people so your children have obviously had the best education in business and life they so left school at 13 both of them did and uh, we educated them then from from 13 because the curriculum wasn't any good for them um, they didn't fit into that curriculum mm -hmm. uh, so uh, yeah so imagining yourself now as a teenager what, yes. would, what advice would you give to yourself and, and, and why? Um, I, I did a couple of pages on um, what you tell your younger self in a book that's mm. um, I think 46 uh, authors uh, contributed to the book. Probably never explained exactly uh, what I meant but um, I, I would tell my younger self uh, to uh, look after your teeth <laughs> and, and and you're probably going to say well that's a bit peculiar why 
Are you going to say that? No, <laughs> yeah. I, do you know, I, I wasn't. Cause, uh, oh, right, okay. I, when I had a car accident, I smashed my jaw in 30 places, so I spent Oof. far too many hours in the dentist chair to right. ever, ever dispute that fact. Yeah. yeah, so I say, look after your teeth. Because a lot of people say to me, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? Mm. You know, there must be something a bit more mm, mm. Than, 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 br than brushing your teeth. Yeah. Um, if I'd have known um, what I know now, when I was... 16 for instance i had a toothache and um i was the in those days there would there'd be no injections and there'd be you know you just you just have your teeth um uh, well you just you just have them pulled out or drilled so i didn't want my teeth drilled because it was too much pain mm -hmm. it was like when you went to the dentist when you was very small it was dreadful it wasn't any thought um so i'd have start having them pulled out luckily I stopped because I was afraid I was afraid of the pain I did I kept thinking well why keep going back and having the pain just have it once <laughs> just have it once yeah but there should be education in schools mm -hmm. about teeth what they do for you for your body you know um, how they work and, and only and if I was a school teacher, I'd say only brush the teeth you want to keep. <laughs> the rest of them, you know, you might as well have out. Yeah. Only brush the, but you need them all because they're all connected to different parts of your body, mm. and you need those because you start pulling them out, it stops thing, it stops your body working in lots of different ways. So look after your teeth. Uh, understand what they do. Understand how they produce the food, you know, how they process the food for your body, mm -hmm. you know, and it's all that kind of s stuff. Um, so, and I'd say to myself, uh, get a mirror and a tape measure. So that's all you need. Look after your teeth, look at yourself in the mirror and get a tape measure. Because if you want to stop healthy for the rest of your life, it doesn't matter how long you live, as long as you're living a life until one day you die. Yeah. You don't want to be crippled up in a, uh, a situation because you've destroyed your body and your body is so, it's incredible how it keeps on living in a, like a vegetated state because you've ruined it. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that I, I could uh, save the NHS billions of pounds just with one simple thing and I know this won't affect this this won't apply to everybody but it'll apply to a lot you cut the doctor's door down instead of it being three foot three you cut it a meter you cut it down to 10 inches <laughs> yes. and if you can't get through that door ten, I'm not talking about everybody yeah. I'm talking about a lot of people who if they couldn't get through the door sideways then they're told go and get your prescription from the next hatch and they go down the corridor and get the prescription and the prescription would be a cabbage <laughs> and a few other things that you make soup out of now the pharmacy you see being dyslexic I, I don't know why a pharmacy is a PH and not an F yeah. and I think a dis, I think dyslexics wrote the dictionary <laughs> I do because there's so many peculiar words and mm. words that they're the same but mean different things. Yeah. A dyslexic wrote it. Yeah, so anyway, 
um, the pharmacy people who make the pills will probably go into farming to make vegetables. So then they go back the next week and if they couldn't get through that 10 inch gap, they go back to the hatch and get another cabbage. <laughs> yeah. And then when they could get through the gap and the doctor would say, what's wrong with you? And they go, nothing. Yeah. Amazing, isn't so, it? So I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking yeah. about some people. Yeah. Uh, me, for example, because I've been there not being able to get through that 10 inch gap and it's self-inflicted. Yeah. And so think of your teeth, think of what they do, where, where the uh, lines go in your body from your teeth. Think of everything that those teeth are there for. Yeah. Think of your fear. Yeah. And, and, um, and this should be taught as part of the curriculum. Yes. Uh, in school. And it'd be interesting, it would. Definitely. So... Neville, you look know, after your teeth. That's a good, I, think, I think that's a great one. It, is, it should be eat better, move more, yeah. uh, and look after your teeth. So, what would you like to be remembered for? What's your legacy, Neville? Well, I say try. I tried. Trying. Marilyn <laughs> says I'm very trying. She does. She says, You've tried me, boy. For, well, my mum used to call me boy. She said, um, my mum used to say to me, I should have killed you at birth. <laughs> I don't know why I did when I was a kid for my mum to say that I should have killed you at birth. Aww. Yeah, she did. She's lovely. Yeah, my yeah. mum was lovely and I loved her so much. Yeah. Um, I loved my dad as well, but he was a he used to uh, I think he was teaching me because he was he, he was in the war and uh, and a lot of people didn't come home mm. majority mm. of people that he was with didn't come home and I think he was a uh, subliminal he was teaching me uh, to survive mm. Mm. and um, that wasn't the question was it About what, what would you like to remember for yeah trying <laughs> I think yeah um, I try and I do try yeah. uh, to, you probably know, I, if somebody's got a problem, I try and help them with it. Yeah. I try um, so, so much. So that's it, it's as easy as that. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, and where can we find you now? Um, um, I've got a uh, website called nevillewright.com. Mm -hmm. So, and, and Neville Wright, um, uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Perfect. Yeah. So just a general Neville Wright. We will find you, don't you worry. <laughs> Neville, thank you so much. It's well, been an welcome. absolute pleasure to have you on Snipbit. You're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs>